I, I want to welcome you to today's edition of The Bradley Hall Show. And I am your host, The Bradley Hall. As you've guessed it by now, I am the Bradley Hall. I wanted you to know that I am a certified trauma recovery coach and a certified mindfulness instructor and a certified holistic life coach. Now, what this means is that I am a trauma-informed holistic life coach with a focus on awareness, which is the first step to any type of personal growth. Let my 30 years of coaching and my experience overcoming trauma work for you. To work with me, go to my website, thebradleyhall.com. Look for the coaching tab in the upper right-hand corner. You can choose holistic life coaching or trauma recovery coaching. Anyone who ever accomplished anything had a great coach or a great mentor. You should too. You're worth it. Contact me now. proud to announce that today's episode, as well as every episode this month during NPE Awareness Month, is brought to you in partnership between The Bradley Hall Show and the NPE Friends Fellowship. You can find out more information at npefellowship.org. Welcome back to this episode of The Bradley Hall Show. I am your host, The Bradley Hall. And today's episode, I'm going to take uh, uh, take the time to wrap up Mental Health Awareness Month, which was the month of May. And um, you know, mental health is something that that affects all of us to some degree. Um, ironically, it's a it's a taboo subject, and it's you know it's one that we've been conditioned not to talk about. Everyone keep their secrets to themselves. Don't. Um, don't let others know what's going on, whether it's with us personally or with, uh, you know, if there's um, mental health issues in the family and everyone's, everyone's hiding this fact from each other. And uh, because we all think that, um, that no one else is, <laughs> we think no one else is going through what we're going through or can even relate when all of us are doing the same thing. We're all hiding it from each other. And that's why we think no one else understands. And it's, it's a, so it's perpetuating, but, um, which is why, you know, May was, uh, starting this podcast, maybe in mental health awareness month, I thought it was a good idea to bring that to the forefront because it's one of the things that I'm very passionate about. It's been a big part of my journey. And I wanted to, to, to open this up and bring awareness to it and, and get people talking about it. And, and, and because talking about it is a, a huge, huge part of the healing process in itself. And um, so I'll go, I'll go into that more here in a little bit. But um, as you've heard in the last few weeks, I have been, uh, I've shared parts of my story with some pretty, pretty interesting and some very informative guests. I've, I've really enjoyed, I've learned a lot from, uh, I've learned a lot this month. And um, over the course of these last few weeks, I have actually 
I've discussed my, my sexual abuse as a child, the toxic environment and toxic conditioning from my childhood, um, and su subsequently intergenerational trauma, um, you know, being a teenage father or becoming a teenage father rather, and almost completely destroying my marriage in my twenties and overcoming uh, brain surgery, which I had in 2009, uh, grieving back to back to back deaths of, of loved ones who had played a significant role in my, in my life and losing three of them in a very short period of time, two of them six months almost to the day from each other. Um, to discovering my MPE status uh, just just two years ago. And all these things are just part of my story. So interestingly enough, survivors often don't comprehend the, the depths and severity of what they've been through. And this is through something called standard deviancy, right? So standard, standard deviancy is the tendency for human beings, once they experience something, that that becomes their new normal. And a quick analogy about standard deviancy is, um, you know, if you get a new car and the first week you get a car, you, you may wash it and vacuum it out every day. Um, you know, then that becomes a little, a little ridiculous and you find that you're, you're, you know, then you're, you're washing and, and, and vacuuming the car out once a week and then it becomes once a month and then you neglect it for a while and the car is getting old and then, you know, you trade your car and get a new car or something. And that's, that's the standard deviancy. Every time, you know, you first got it and you're excited and you're, you're doing it every day. And then you kind of wait for a week and, and you're like, Oh, I can do this every week. So that's the new normal. Now you're doing it every week and, and that kind of thing. I'm not a very good analogy probably, but that, that illustrates the point. So, and so survivors don't often don't comprehend the depths and severity of what they've been through because of standard deviancy, because the, the more that happens, the more that to some degree it's, it's, it's normalized. We, we accept that as a new normal or, or semi normal. And it doesn't mean that we don't understand that it's, that it's, bad and that it shouldn't happen. And even not that it's, I mean, we understand that it's traumatic and, and that kind of thing, but you'll often hear survivors downplay their traumatic experience. And, uh, my guest on the last episode actually, uh, was a childhood friend named Chris Abert. Uh, he said, he said it perfectly, it, you know, that we often say, well, it wasn't that bad. And, and he's right. That is a common phrase that survivors tell themselves. Um, it's, it's a survival instinct, uh, to be sure. So because of that, I've only been recently, it's only been recently that I have really started to, to understand the hell that I've been through at times in my life. Now it's important that at times that, that we, I, I, I make a point to understand that, or, or to convey to you that I understand, I say at times because at time there's been trauma at times in my life and there's been happiness at times in our lives, in my life. And that distinction is important because we can become overwhelmed with the trauma and, and 
for very good reason. But when we can start making the distinction, I'll get into more, more into this late in a minute too, that when we make that distinction, we understand that it hasn't all been always been bad, that there has been good in our lives and that's important. So I'm thankful for being able to see this through the lens of gratitude. Now gratitude is something that I began developing about 15 years ago when I hit rock bottom and I had the moment of clarity, the, uh, the epiphany. And at that point I chose to rebuild my life the way I wanted it to be. And I'll talk about more about that in upcoming episodes. And I talk about some of the, the courses and online classes that I teach, but the foundation, this foundation of gratitude helped me create who I am today. Um, and because it helped me create who I am today and it's a part of my life, it also helped me properly analyze recently what I'd been through. And without this contrast of gratitude, it's hard to see the disparity in the depths of the, the, the negativity. And the best analogy I can give for this is that if we didn't have darkness, we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't understand and appreciate light to the, the extent that we do now. Um, there would be nothing to compare it to. We would have, we would just be, it would be light outside all the time and we would, we wouldn't need lights in the house and, and we would just go to sleep and it'd be light. We wake up and be light. we don't understand it. But because of the darkness, we have the comparison. We have the contrast. And uh, that contrast deepens our understanding in, in, in any situation. It deepens our understanding. So just the other day I had a conversation with a listener and she told me that she was blown away by what I have been through. Um, but she said that it wasn't just, just that, that she was, she was inspired by my resiliency and my outlook on life. Now, initially I was taken aback and I wanted to, I didn't know what to say. I wanted to just roll right over it, say something comedic and, and whatever. But, and I was, you know, it's the guilt, that's the toxic shame and the guilt. I don't, I, I think I even said to her, I, I don't, I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, I thanked her, um, and, but I told her that I don't take compliments. Well, not that I don't like them, but I'm like everybody else. I, I love them, but I don't, I don't take them well. I don't, the talk, the shame and the guilt interferes with, with receiving that information. It makes it extremely awkward. But because of what I've been through and, you know, the training I've had, the, the things I understand and, and the, the work that I've done, I knew at that moment, I sat back for a second and I thought, damn, I really have been through a lot. And as I thought about that, I then began to think about how grateful I am for, or I was for sitting there, um, being grateful for having a positive impact on someone else who was, who was also going through a lot or has gone through a lot. And again, that contrast 
deepened my understanding of the level of trauma that I'd been through. It, it increased that, that level of understanding again. Um, and it also increased my understanding of the blessings that I have in my life today in spite of that. And quite frankly, that's, that's how it's supposed to work, which is, uh, ironically, that's, that's the rub, isn't it? Finding the positive um, through the often overwhelming negative, you know, finding the gratitude uh, through the the underlying toxic shame. And I, I don't want to oversell this uh, because it isn't easy. It isn't easy at all. Um, it it actually requires work. It is a lot of hard work. Um, but it's worth it. And I don't think it ever really stops either. It's a, um, it's a constant process, but to be quite honest, I'm not sure that I want it to stop. I, uh, I'm not sure that I want there to be a finish line. I'm, I have evolved now where I, I see the beauty in the process. I'm enjoying the process. I mean, I enjoy growing. I enjoy leveling up and I enjoy constantly understanding life from a new perspective. And not that that happens every day. It doesn't happen every day. I, some days I go backwards. Um, but from an overall standpoint in, in the grand, grander scheme of things, I'm constantly moving forward and, and progressing. And I love that about life. It's taken, it's taken, it's taken 15 years to get here. Um, but it, it's been a gradual process that I've enjoyed. And I think that one of the hardest things about this process is, is letting go. It's, it's letting go of the stuck vision in our head of the way we think things are supposed to be. And, and maybe even the way we, we thought they were letting go of, of, of the, of the way we thought they were, you know, all of that is, is based on, on our perception anyway, in a deeper sense, it, it isn't, it isn't real. It's just the way we interpreted it and the way we think about it, thought about it and think about it. But to be quite honest, that, that is a, that is a deeper conversation for another time. And, I, I will, I will approach that because I'm, I, it's important. And I, again, go through this in some of my other videos in my online courses and classes, but for now, let's just, I just want to, I want to roll with this. The past is the past. Um, the past is in the past and we need to practice learning to leave it there. If it's a good memory, we need to learn to be grateful for it, which is also important. Don't mourn it. We have a lot of people who mourn good memories. This is particularly in the case of uh, if we've lost someone we love in our life that they pass, pass away and we become sad remembering the good times. Well, the good times should be good memories and we need to learn to keep them there. We have control over that. It may take some practice. We have control over it. You know, um, 
And if it's a negative memory, then we need to learn from it. And then once we do that, then we can learn to celebrate that and turn a negative memory into a positive memory. The important thing that I want to point out here is that memories aren't real. We think they're real because of the, the response they give us, but they're not real. The, the analogy for that is, is if you saw an explosion in a building, it's all building explode and you took a photograph of it. Every time you took that photograph out and looked at it, your that, that explosion isn't real, right? The explosion happened in the past. It's over. When you look at that photograph, it's a snapshot of what happened. It's the memory itself. That's exactly what your memory is. It's a, a snapshot. It's a photograph or it's a, a video loop in your head of, of how, of, of the event. And it's not only of the event, it's your vantage point of the event. Because someone who took a different picture from a different angle from the backside of the building would have a completely different picture of what happened with different details. It's the same event. It's remembered differently depending on the vantage point. Now, when, when we recall a memory, I need to make this distinction. It's extremely important. When you, we recall a memory and that how we feel about that memory, the physiological and emotional response we have because of that memory is very real. It's real because it's happening right now in the moment. The only thing we have that's real is what's happening right here that's in front of us right now and, and, and within us right now. So if we have a memory and we're, we are sad or happy or angry or whatever, and our pulse quickens and our breathing picks up or we, we begin sweating, whatever the case may be, that's real. That is real. And we can, we can, that we can work on. The other part of it is not real. All right. The memories are not real. And, and changing the way we think about the, these things has a greater effect that we can learn. We can learn we can learn to process the memories differently. We can, if we can become aware, increase our awareness, become aware of how we feel, how that memory makes us feel. And once we do that, we evolve and continually change how we think and how we process that we, we can change those. And this is what I talk about when I teach neuroplasticity, by the way, that humans have the extraordinary ability to rewire our brain and our thinking patterns. So, we can, we can literally learn to make ourselves happy. When we change how we respond to things and change our behavior, we're creating new neural pathways. We're physically changing how the brain works. And those physical changes affect our personality. And so over time, as we learn to process these memories, memories differently, we, we process uh, how we react to them um, and, and change our behavior and how we think about things. Um, then we're actually rewiring our brain. Again, it takes a lot of work. It takes time. It takes lots of time, but it is worth every bit of it. So, okay. So we're wrapping up mental health awareness month. And if you haven't listened to the podcasts or watched the video versions uh, on YouTube, I highly encourage you to do so. 
Um, many people don't realize just how much mental health affects them. And I've had a lot of people who have, who have heard me talk about things and come back and say, wow, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that, I, or that explains this or that. Um, and, and, uh, so I encourage you to do that as well. You know, mental health is a lot like our, our physical health. We accept this notion. Our society accepts this notion that, that the baseline is good health right? So people think that we're always supposed to be healthy no matter what, and that anything that deviates from that is broken. And that's brought on by, uh, that's a Western medicine thing. It's, it's rooted in scientific methodology, which isn't wrong from a science standpoint at all. And, and understanding how the world works and how the body works and, and, and that kind of thing. But it is drastically erroneous from a self- care standpoint that it it gives us this this ideology that we're all supposed to be up here and for those of us that are down here something's wrong with us well very few people are up here and the people that are up here are the people that are working at it it takes work right it takes it takes work to keep your body strong it takes you have to eat right you have to exercise you have to you know do these things to take care of your body or things begin to change in a way that we don't want them to. And the same thing is, is, is true with our mental health. We all have unresolved issues from our past that negatively affect our behavior. And the truth is, is that some people just hide it better than others. I mean, some get lucky and they exhibit behaviors uh, that are easier to hide from other people or accepted. I talk about this a lot, you know, workaholics are, are, not only accepted in this country, but they're praised. A lot of times people use work to hide some of their, their, their issues that they haven't been able to process and, and work through. Um, some okay, are okay with just suppressing it and, and living with it. Um, and, then, and then again, some other people aren't even aware that, that they have things that are affecting them. And it's just like our physical, like I said, with our physical health, it's, it's there. And the longer we neglect it, the higher the risk of it evolving into something that's more difficult to manage when, when all that could have been headed off and, and resolved um, probably with less effort if we were able to identify it earlier. Um, and then we increase our understanding and, and practice, you know, self-care. So, as we move into June, we're moving into NPE Awareness Month, which is fantastic that this follows Mental Health Awareness Month, or if it had been vice versa, but they're, they're, they're conjoined. I mean, they're, they're, they, they work together because as we've talked about, um, the NPE uh, phenomena is, is traumatic. It is emotionally traumatic for everyone involved. So NPE Awareness Month, um, is something that I approached the uh, founder and CEO of the NPE Fellowship Awareness um, and the, the DNA NPE group on Facebook, support group on Facebook, Catherine St. Clair. Um, I, I approached her with this idea that we should have NPE Awareness Month, and she immediately pointed out that June had been the month that she had founded uh, the private Facebook uh, support group for NPEs. And, um, you know, from there, it was a no brainer. I mean, it, it should be June, obviously. So 
um, I agree with her on that and, and away we went. So this month, I am dead. This is our first ever uh, NP Awareness Month, the month of June. And I am dedicating all of our episodes around the topic of NPE stories. But I don't want anyone to think that the upcoming episodes through June are only for NPEs. No, 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 no. That is not going to be the case. We are going to cover a plethora of topics that almost everyone, let's say anyone, can identify with. You know, these MPE stories come down ultimately to family dynamics, intergenerational trauma, communication, how to navigate through relationships, personal trauma, personal growth, and self-care. Those apply to everybody. I don't care who you are. The actual foundational situation may change, but there will be a lot of valuable information shared in upcoming episodes to help people deal with those type of issues, whether they're an NP or not an NP. Okay. So on the agenda this month is NP Fellowship CEO and founder Catherine Sinclair. Um, Dr. Paulette Bethel will she will tell her NPE story. I, I've had her uh, part one was a few weeks ago where she, uh, we talked about her experience with mental health awareness due to her, uh, her background and years as a uh, family therapist. In part two, she talks about her own personal NPE experience and the changes that she's undergone despite her entire career of, um, of, of her, her entire career of being around mental health and then the leveling up she's done since she has experienced, uh, discovered her MPE status. Uh, founder of Watershed DNA, uh, Brian Kirkpatrick. Uh, family trauma specialist, Amy Epson, will, uh, is also going to be a guest. Um, and many more who have compelling MPA, uh, MPE ex uh, stories to share with us. So I would like to also mention that we are extremely excited to announce that all of this month's episodes are going to be brought to you in a partnership with the NPE Friends Fellowship. This partnership came about because we are both committed to helping people sh share their stories and facilitating their own healing and growth as well as providing these stories for other people who, who need to hear it to help them do the same. And this is the underlying principle behind the support group. It's the underlying principle of any 12-step program uh, and any other type of support or recovery programs that telling our story normalizes it in our own mind. It helps, it helps minimize the traumatic impact that it has on us. It's extremely liberating in its own right. But it also, when we tell our story, it, it inspires others. It helps others understand that they're not alone. I mean, we, we are, human beings are social creatures. Connecting with others who have experienced something similar uh, reinforces safety. And that safety is important in the aspect of trauma. We can't begin to heal from an experience that we perceive still threatens us. And the, the and, and it's impossible. The brain is just wired that way. I mean, it just, we can't supersede it. We have to begin the body, the brain has to begin to feel that we're safe and then it can start relaxing the physical um, 
components that, that come along with that. So eventually as a person, as a person heals, they too began to find their voice to tell their own story. This intensifies their healing by normalizing their experience and they in turn inspire other people and the process continues. And again, it's the way it should be. So 15 years ago, I began healing, but I did so quietly. I, I, I actually started to tell my story, which is a big part of the story itself uh, for a later date, but I wanted to desperately tell my story, but I wasn't prepared for the perceived judgment and backlash that came along with it. And to be quite transparent and honest at the time, I was, I was so bitter and so angry at the reaction of, of the people, many of the people around me. And though it's still a topic for conversation because it was unwarranted to a great extent, I, I, I want to focus on that. I realize now that the problem wasn't really the judgment because that's, well, we'll talk about that another time, but the problem was my, it was my projection of the judgment because I wasn't ready to share my story. I thought I was, you know, because I, at, at some level, I'm the type of person when I talk, I I've always known when I talk about things that, that it reinforces things. And, um, but I, on this particular situation, it was, it was so deep and so traumatic. I wasn't ready to talk about it. I, I, I hadn't healed enough at that point. My toxic shame and guilt were amplifying those opinions of other people to an incredibly painful level that was actually more harmful than good. In the long run, it was more good than harmful, but the, the, this is way down the road, way down the road in the, in the short and mid range segments. Um, it was, it was, it, it exacerbated the problem to be quite honest. So I, out of, when I came out of that, I, I decided to keep it to myself and those, you know, closest to me. Um, yeah, I began, you know, I read everything I get my hands on. I studied like a madman. I read psychology and philosophy and religion. And, I, you know, I just, I, I, I took it very, very, very seriously. Um, I, I began evolving and growing daily. Um, and, and then over time, I, I, I began to think of all the point where I, thought I didn't need to talk about it. I thought, well, you know, I've got, I've got this, this uh, rolling this way and this, this way. And, and, you know, good things are happening. I thought I didn't need to talk about it uh, any more than I already had, you know, life was good. It had some setbacks, but um, I had designed the way things were going and I was happy with it. You know, I had grown and, and developed uh, skills to handle the occasional crisis in my life. And, and, um, then I discovered my MP status two years ago and it sent me into a tailspin. It, I truly it had an effect on me that I had truly done something that I hadn't done for 15 years. I completely just came apart at the seams. I was so pissed and so angry. Um, you know, ironically, not so much because of the situation that that's, people always, a lot of, a lot of people automatically assume that 
NPs are angry because of the situation that that caused them to be an MP. I, I'm actually grateful if 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 my mother doesn't meet my biological father, then I'm not here. So, you know, th that has to be taken with a grain of salt because the butterfly effect, <laughs> you, I have to, you know, you have to reconcile that, that if, if the, those situations don't happen, you're not here. So it wasn't, it wasn't because of the situation that not honestly never bothered me. Mistakes are made daily. Lord knows I've made enough mistakes, mistakes to in my lifetime to last anyone else uh, an entire lifetime. I, I was pissed at the way things had been handled and were still being handled. Uh, there were lies, half truths, gaslighting, you know, that whole thing. So I, I, I was a mess. And then I found the DNA uh, MPE ancestry group on Facebook. And immediately I found relief. I had at that time, I, I, I had found 300 people who were in the same situation I was. Um, and I couldn't believe it, 300 people, which is funny because now the group has over 7,000 members in it just in only two years. And so when I found the group and I found these people like me and I, I began the healing process all over again, I, I, at first I just listened and read to the stories what people had to say in the group. Um, Eventually, I spoke up and told my story. Um, and this time I had enough knowledge and self-awareness to immediately comprehend the positive impact that telling my story was having on me this time. I instantly felt better again, and I, I was aware of that. I knew that, and I knew why, so I, I just kept telling it. And since then... In, in just the last two years, I've, I've told it dozens and dozens of times. Um, last March, I gave a presentation at the March retreat for the MPE fellowship. Um, the title of that segment was called owning your, your own NPE or owning your NPE experience, excuse me. Um, and I'm actually working to revise it and re-record it to simply, um, just calling it owning your experience because it is truly applicable to any crisis in, in our lives, um, self-inflicted or not, you know, and I have some, I have, I have a couple of those, um, self-inflicted crises in my life. Um, FYI, that presentation is, uh, is currently available on my YouTube channel. Um, just search for, um, owning your MP experience, by, and you're best off to put it in uh, all one word, the Bradley Hall, um, you know, search for those hashtags. So um, then I, after, so I, I kept telling my story and then I started really evolved into the point where uh, Dr. Paulette Bethel actually approached me and encouraged me to, um, to seek out uh, Bobby L. Parrish, which Bobby Parrish has been on, uh, been a guest on my podcast. And she, is the founder of uh, trauma recovery coaching and the pioneer actually of trauma recovery coaching and uh, the, the founder of the international association of trauma recovery coaches. So I, I 
I began that program and I really started digging into uh, the physiological effects of trauma. Um, and, and that whole thing, again, took me to another level of understanding. Before, most of my focus had been on the psychological effects of trauma, which you know, led, led me to study things from more uh, of a philosophy standpoint. This, was, this caused me to go even deeper. I, I mean, I, I, I began to really understand how the brain and the body work together and how trauma affects both simultaneously. Um, and as I, as I began to do this, I, I finally started dressing, started to dress the elephant in the room. The thing that I knew had happened to me, but wasn't good. Remember the whole, well, it wasn't that bad thing that I talked about earlier. This, this thing that I knew was bad that had happened to me and had affected me. Um, but I really just kind of neglected. I started to, to address the childhood sexual abuse and it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. Um, and I was quite taken aback by by how how intense that was. I, I it was completely unexpected. Uh, th I, I thought at this point in my evolution, um, with the things that I've been through and all the work I'd done, the processing that I'd done, that you know even addressing that wouldn't have that much of an impact on me. And it, it did. It, it it most certainly did. And <clears throat> and something funny happened. Um, despite my propensity to not talk about such a taboo and uncomfortable subject, which uncomfortable for both the victim and anyone that the victim tells, right? If someone starts, if you're just sitting on a train and someone just leans over and starts telling you that they've been physically or sexually abused, it's awkward. You know, I think that's a human, I think that's just human nature. Um, despite all that, um, I began to, to talk about it. I began to say it out loud anyway. Um, and I think I, I, I failed to mention when I was talking about my MPA ex experience, I was, I was threatened not to talk about that. And, um, which was really hard, you know, um, because, um, my mother didn't want me to talk about it, but. Um, because she's, you know, still protecting her secrets and trying to convince people that her version of, of whatever she wants to tell people happened. And I needed to tell people, as I told you before, it's, it's liberating. I needed to, it was my story. I, I you know, I, and I get into this knowing your own MP experience video that I talked about. So I'm not going to go into details here, but let, I, so I felt the same thing here. I just, I said it out loud anyway. The, the first time I actually said anything about my childhood sexual abuse was actually in a tweet. And I can't tell you, I can't convey how hard that was. I was, I was terrified. I felt disempowered. I felt emasculated. I felt dirty. It was a, it was a shitty feeling. It was just an absolute shitty feeling. The toxic shame was overwhelming. I was almost completely sick at my stomach. I regretted it immediately. I worried that whatever it would think. I thought I, I thought about deleting it uh, more than once. Several times I thought about deleting it. And then something remarkable happened. Nothing. I had envisioned this whole traumatic thing would 
escalate and blow up and and blah 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 and and there and nothing nothing there was no backlash no hate no judgment if there was i didn't see it anyway which is another topic because um you know you begin to be, become strong enough to realize it doesn't matter if people have an opinion the negative opinion about you it's because they don't have all the information and it's because they're either uh they're they're unable or unwilling to find out more information to understand at a deeper level so their opinion really doesn't matter anyway the only opinions that matter are the people who, who have been through it uh, who have processed and healed the people who are where you want to be. Those are the opinions that, that matter. But I, 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 I digress. I, I, I was, nothing happened. I, I was still woke up and was the same person with the same beautiful family living in sunny Florida as I had been the day before I posted it. So that moment I leveled up again. Right? I was empowered immediately. I felt normalized. I felt stronger. So I said it again. And I said it again, and I said it again, and again, and again, and here I am saying it again. You know, I recently had a, a male survivor of sexual abuse tell me that he admired my courage. He told me that I actually inspired him to finally say it out loud recently. That, and he was shocked when I told him that it had only been in the last few months that I had admitted. All this, all this that I just told you has just happened in the last few months. I think the first time I said it might have been November, and here it is May. Um, that's the way it's supposed to work. So I want to encourage you to keep listening. Um, perhaps don't even judge the topics and then decide if you should listen. I, just listen. I, I promise you I'm going deep. My goal is to add something of value for everyone in every episode. Generalize topics and information that anyone can apply to their life to make their life better. That is my goal. Um, it's a tall challenge, but the people who know me most will tell you that that's how I roll. That's, that's what I do. I like, I like making the impossible happen. Okay. So my promise is to keep talking. My promise is to keep normalizing, to keep learning, to keep educating, to keep sharing. I'm going to keep searching for inspiring people. All this work, I do all of this work to inspire you because I've learned that the more I work to inspire someone else, the more I myself become inspired. So this is a win-win situation. Big shout out to Dr. Stephen Covey for the win-win. Why? Because that's how it's supposed to work. It all comes down to the choices that we make. They either bless us or they curse us, which is why I always say that being blessed is a choice. So thank you for listening. Please share, not just because I'm working hard and I want to grow this and I want, you know, to people to become aware, but I'm, I'm not too proud to ask. Please share the hell out of it. We need to increase the positivity in the world. We, we all need help. We all need each other. We all need to help each other. You can help. You can help me. You can potentially help someone around you by sharing. You never know who needs to hear whatever it is we're talking about. I can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Um, hopefully, when you share it, others will will tell you the same, that they appreciate that you shared it. 
Uh, also, remember to subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. If you like podcasts, you can do that through Apple, Google Play, or straight off my podcast website, which is uh, www.thebradleyhallshow.com. If you like videos, then subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find me under the hashtag TheBradleyHall, the hashtag TheTraumaRecoveryCoach, hashtag TheHealthPreacher. You should be able to find that very easily. Um, And you can also go to my website, TheBradleyHall.com, and find the links to the YouTube channel there. I've also launched a new online community. I have created uh, a few courses there, and I'm currently creating more. We will be ramping up activity soon and offering inter- interactive classes and, and presentations um, and subscribers to the, that, <clears throat> that this, our website, that website also receives sneak peeks at upcoming episodes. You'll be able to see them before everybody else does. You can find that at www.lifeintruthacademy.com. And finally, check out the uh, upcoming episode uh, list scheduled for June. Um, you find it on my website, thebradleyhall.com. We'll have the full list of all the episodes through the month of June. You certainly won't want to miss that. Um, with that said, I bid you adieu. I'm looking forward to seeing and chatting with all of you over the coming weeks. Um, I, I'd like to throw in, I love hearing from you. I, I love the feedback. I love the comments uh, on, on the YouTube channel and the, uh, the podcast uh, website. Uh, if you want to send me a message, that's fine too. I love the feedback. I, I love being inspired. I love interacting with, uh, with, you know, my followers and listeners. So, um, please let me know what you're thinking. So I will be back next week to kick off NP awareness month until then, please take care of yourself and remember that being blessed is a choice. Ciao. Oh, hi. There you are. I've been looking all over for you. I want to thank you for listening uh, today. I also want to tell you, if you haven't checked out my website lately, uh, you should do that. It's www.thebradleyhall.com. Just to remind you, I am a holistic life coach, a certified mindfulness instructor, and I am a trauma recovery coach. In these uncertain times, sometimes We just need someone to talk to, to help us clear our thoughts, help us organize our thoughts, and help us map out a clear direction of where we want to go to help us navigate through the obstacles that we we may encounter through daily life. And I'm here to do that for you. So check out my website. I've got plenty of free content uh, on my my website, also on my YouTube channel, which is The Bradley Hall and uh, The Health Preacher. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. So thanks again for listening. We appreciate your support. And until then, take care of yourself.